Could the potential ownership situation that's pending the Denver Broncos impact a potential head coaching search in 2022? How might that affect general manager George Payton as well if the Broncos transition of ownership officially begins after this offseason? Plus, will the Broncos offensive line look the same going into 2022? And what about the Broncos cornerback room? What does that look like beyond this season? Sarah Bettinger, myself, we break it down and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and 9 News, so make sure you follow free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button here on YouTube, and thank you so much, Broncos country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. We have you covered every single day, all year long. There is no offseason here. Sarah, my friend, great to see you. Look, today's episode is kind of aligned as a mailbag episode, but we had some really great questions we're going to build out today's show with. And man, I tell you what, Broncos country, they brought the heat. I love it. I love it. Some really great questions. Of course, I expect nothing less from, you know, Broncos country as we get close to the offseason, like we were talking about off the air. It feels like even if the Broncos don't make the playoffs, which there is a path. We saw the tweet from Eric Delala. There is a path (laughs) for them getting to the playoffs. But if they're not in the playoffs, man, they're still going to be making big headlines. And and there's going to be plenty to talk about. There's going to be plenty to be excited about, I feel like. And so here we go. Let's get the ball rolling a couple weeks before the season's even over. Our Nine News insider, Mike Kliss, he had reported something along the lines. He he presented an interesting topic in one of the tweets that he put out on Monday about how a potential ownership change, if that happens. Obviously, we've been told that once the 2021 season is done and the beginning of March, the transition of ownership phase would begin. Now, whether that means that the Broncos get sold, whether that means that Brittany Bolin takes over or an ownership group comes together to purchase it, there's, there's a whole bunch of options on the table here. How might this impact, if the Broncos do decide to move on from Vic Fangio, how might this impact their coaching search, but also how might it impact the general manager as well? I'm very curious for your thoughts on this because I know you and I spent a lot of time talking about team building, but obviously for George Payton just now starting out as the team's general manager, his moves have been fantastic, but you run the risk when you bring in a brand new owner. Let's say it's just a billionaire guy who doesn't really care about football, has the money, like the Stan Kroenke's of the world that don't really care about what happens with their teams. You bring him in, I, I, it sets a very dangerous precedent, and it's something I'm a little worried about. I know. I, I feel the same way. Anytime anybody tweets at me saying, well, the Broncos just need an owner, you know, they just need an owner to do this, that, and the other. I'm like, man, Cubs fans are really ticked at the owner right now. I think a lot of Jaguars fans probably not really happy with their owner, and you could go up and down a lot of lists. You mentioned the Cronkies. I mean, you could go Colorado Rockies fans. How, how much do you love your owners, you know? Like, I, I mean – it's just, it's funny. It's funny to me that people think an owner is just going to come in and fix everything. I think the yeah. right owner and a good owner is going to be able to come in and carry on the legacy that I feel like Pat Bowen would really want for this team. And, and Joe Ellis is the guy that's in charge of that. So people need to remember first and foremost that like Joe Ellis and the trust, they're in charge of, of handing this over to somebody else, of selling this team. So like when we're talking about the, the head coaching position over the next four, five, six years or whatever, 
you know, we're talking about an owner coming in and being approved by Joe Ellis and likely having a number of meetings with Joe Ellis and the trust and, and George Payton and 31 other NFL owners too. Exactly. Absolutely. So they're not just going to come in. I don't feel like an owner's just going to come in after the Broncos make a head coaching move this offseason, whether it is to keep Vic Fangio around or whether it's to, to fire him and move on and move on to somebody different. I don't think an owner is going to come in and just think like, all right, here we go. I, I've got I'm giving these guys one year to, to basically prove it to me that they're worthy of not being moved on from after this season. And I think that's the interesting part about this. It's like, you, you, you're as George Payton, do you want to get into a five or six year or more agreement with a new head coach, have an owner come in and want to change things and meddle around with things? But at the same time, if I'm George Payton, Cody, the number one priority for me is getting this team into a place where they're contending because you can't make any decision this offseason. That's that's going to be something that, man, I, I wish I would have pulled the trigger here or I wish I would have pulled mm-hmm. the trigger there. I, you know, you can't be living in the realm of I wish I would have, because if you do that, then an owner is going to move on from the decision that you made, you know, if you play it safe. So I, I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are on that, Cody, too, because I mean, George Payton does have a tough decision coming up. It's like, I, he doesn't necessarily want to be the guy who's like, all right, I'm I'm basically the acting owner of the team. I'm going to make all these decisions at the same time. He has been tasked with building the Denver Broncos from the top down. That includes the head coach position. So I feel like, you know, he's kind of got to do what he feels is best, even if it does end up getting completely wiped out after a year or two. Yeah, and that's the scary part, too. I mean, I, I don't think many Broncos fans are thinking about this. I think a majority of Broncos fans have loved everything that George Payton has done so far. And I think for any owner, if there's a new potential owner coming in, whether it's a group, whether it's a sole person coming in and wanting to control the day-to-day, it's got to be that collaboration with George Payton. And what George Payton has done so far has given me the optimistic side. He's very careful, right? And I think he's very you know, articulate in his calculations as to will this player add value to our team? Will they take away? I think when we look at this year's draft class, we look at some of the additions that he has traded for to help the Broncos in season. That tells me everything I need to know about George Payton. It really does. And how he addresses quarterback will be a big thing. But as you mentioned, how the moves that he makes, and you have to think about this approach as well, What does the optic look like to a new potential person coming in that really has no understanding of your day-to-day as is right now, but will be involved in the day-to-day once that owner comes in? And I think how George Payton handles this coaching situation right now, right? Vic Fangio made an interesting comment on Monday that he believes that he and his staff need to be back, like they've earned the right to be back in 2022, and he's willing to do it even without an extension of his contract. You know, how he handles that, I don't know if that's Vic Fangio trying to soften the blow a little bit, but, you know, we've gotten the vibe that Vic's more than likely gone. Shermer's more than likely gone. I, you could see a lot of these in-house coaching candidates as we talked about in yesterday's episode stay on. But how George Payton does this, how the decision that he makes, if he does bring back Vic Fangio, and if he were to bring back this staff, it would be a huge, huge indictment, I think, in the eyes of Broncos country because, more importantly, the owner is going to look at the on-field product. They're going to look at how do the fans feel. And that's the missing presence right now for the Broncos is that you don't have an owner that is really buying into what the fans are hearing, their frustration. I mean, the team being booed off the field various times at home games this year, Sarah, 
it's kind of scary. And and this is like some, I, I would say cloudy times. Like this is where, you know, a storm is coming, but you're not sure if you're going to get hit by the storm or you don't know if it's going to pass and you're going to clear. This is where Broncos country is at right now. And I think that Broncos fans really need to take heed on what's going on. This could have potential ripple effects for years to come in the ownership situation, obviously, as it looks to try to resolve itself in the next year or so. But man, I'm a little anxious about it, Sarah. You know, thinking about it and actually diving a little bit deeper into it. I'm uh, not sure how, uh, how how Broncos country feels, so let us know in the YouTube comment section, or you can tweet us on Twitter at Cody Orkinafail, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. Let us know how you feel about a potential ownership change. Who is the right type of owner? What would that person embody that you would ideally support as a Broncos fan? We care to hear about that. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to tie <clears throat> But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to take a little bit of a look. The Broncos offensive line, as it is right now, what will it look like after this season with two games remaining? There's a lot of questions based on performance, based on contract, as Sarah Benger and myself, we're going to get into coming up here in just a moment. But real quick, let me tell you about the Locked On Nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Adas and Matt Moore. For two consecutive games in a row, the Denver Nuggets will take on the Golden State Warriors, who are off to a red-hot start. They got everybody back. Steph Curry is lighting it up, and Nikola Jokic is trying to find a way to rally this. Denver Nuggets team that is undermanned without some of their key players. How are the Nuggets navigating through this tough stretch of their schedule? Check out Lockdown Nuggets with Adam Mates and Matt Moore wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're jumping into the second half action on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Just a reminder, Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the show. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We have a daily podcast for you, which is free and available everywhere you get your podcast. And you can also watch us on your TV, on your computer, or on your smartphone on the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Lockdown Broncos YouTube channel. Turn on notifications, and anytime you watch a video, hit that thumbs up button and like it. It helps out with the algorithm. It pushes our content out to even more Broncos country fans who may not know that this podcast podcast exists thank you for helping us grow the show broncos country your support your interaction means the world to both sarah and myself but sarah a great topic of discussion here that one of our listeners sent in for our mailbag what does the broncos starting offensive line look like in 2022 and i started to think about it it's a really good question because there's a lot of uncertainty right now at several positions more importantly will there be any changes and i'm eager for your thoughts i mean particularly at right guard right tackle do you foresee any changes for the Broncos offensive line going into 2022? Boy, I, I think you'd have to say yes, uh, just based on where things are at right now and the game that we just saw them play, you know, against the Raiders, it wasn't very good. And so I, I wonder what the Broncos are going to do on the offensive line in 22 my, 2022 myself, Cody. It, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, we know Garrett Bowles, he's under contract. He's got the long-term deal at left tackle. I think Dalton Reisner is an interesting one at the left guard position where you evaluate now that he's been on the team for three seasons. I think you now have to get a little bit more critical about the progression that he's shown in those three seasons. Has he shown enough to be the unquestioned starter at left guard in 2022? I would say probably, but we'll see. Uh, at center, Lloyd Cushenberry, I think he's another one, like you mentioned, right guard and right tackle. You know, what's going to happen there? There's obviously, you know, Bobby Massey has had a pretty good season in 2021. So do the Broncos re-sign him? Do they go to the draft? Do they look to free agency again? There's there's a lot of question marks up there. Like you mentioned, Quinn Miners at the right guard position. You know, will he still be there or will he kick over to the left side and take Dalton Reisner's spot and Graham Glasgow? Will the team, you know, bring him back when he's healthy? So I don't know. I feel like there's a lot unknown there. And especially with the coaching staff in flux, Cody, does Mike Munchak come back in 2022 as well? So, 
there's just so much that's up in the air right now. And I think like if you look in terms, if you get really super critical about guys and positions that could be upgraded in 2022, realistically, I think that's where the conversation kind of takes that next next step. You know, in the in the draft, if you have an opportunity to get a guy like Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa, one of the best centers in all of college football, would you take him and and potentially upgrade over Lloyd Cushenberry? I, I would say that's something that you consider, but maybe it could be it could end up being because of availability, because of how the Broncos allocate resources elsewhere. It could end up being a lot more of incumbents in 2022 than new players. And that's the interesting part about it because there's so many different factors. I mean, I think everybody in general, when we just talk broad football with, with fans alike, you know, they'll bring up like, oh, the offensive line. And, you know, they'll make you a couple of pinpoints about this player, this player. But really, a decision that impacts this player may impact the player right next to him. A, a move with a coach, like let's say if Mike Munchak were to, you know, get a head coaching offer, or go somewhere else to be a head coach or to lead a football team. Well, you lose him. Do you keep Chris Cooper on staff, who's been monumental as the assistant guy next to Munchak? Do you keep Mike Munchak on the staff if you bring in a brand new head coach? Which I think any head coach coming in, regardless, sir, I, I would have a very hard time with them looking at Mike Munchak and saying, hey, we're not going to bring him back. Let's bring in the new offensive line coach. Mike Munchak is so well regarded. Sir, we have seen how bad the Steelers offensive line has been without him and that coaching. And we saw the growth with him there and we saw the regression after he left. I, I think he's done a really good job, but you know, you make some great points too about, about center. In my opinion right here, I think players that are kind of on notice right now, at least with two games in the season going into 2022, I think you have to make the claim about Dalton Reisner a little bit in terms of consistency and some of the struggles that we've seen him have. He had a really good rookie season, but I think the last two seasons he struggled. And then you have Lloyd Cushenberry, two seasons inside the same scheme. He has struggled. So part of me wonders, Sarah, not necessarily blocking scheme by the Broncos with Mike Munchak, Coach Cooper. Is it the offensive scheme in general, which is led by Pat Shermer, which is maybe why we're seeing some of this frustration or these struggles and inconsistency by the Broncos offensive line? That, to me, I think is something that probably not a lot of people dive into enough. Real quick, I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Do you think it's a product of the players or do you think it's a product of maybe the offensive scheme? Because I, I, I can tell you this. When we go back to 2018, we go back to even early 2019, I, I look at the Broncos, they had more balance in the run in the pass game than they have in the last two years. So they've been primarily running the football so far this year. That's been their strength. But outside of that, I just feel like this has a lot to do with Pat Schirmer's scheme. I know we're kicking him while he's down, essentially, in the eyes of everybody else, but I think it's a very valid uh, you know, point to consider. It, it really is. I, I think you have to consider that, absolutely, especially because Pat Schirmer himself is a former offensive lineman right he was a center back in the day which you look at him now and you're like man how was that guy ever a, a center in football but he was so I, I definitely think that scheme plays a little bit into it Cody because to me you look across that offensive line at all the investments that the Broncos have made there Garrett Bull is obviously a first round pick Dalton Reisner a high second round choice Lloyd Cushenberry a high third round pick you know then you have Miners a third round pick you have Graham Glasgow who's uh, you know a big money free agent and you have Bobby Massey, who's you know been a he's been a really good player for a long time. So, to me, you have invested quite a bit there in players, you know, in terms of just their talent and and just the pure talent and pure production at the college level. You go out and get like people thought Cushenberry was arguably the best center of that 2020 class. 
So to me, I think you've got to put these players in position to succeed. And it's it's fair to wonder at this point. I mean, we've seen what's you know what's gone down with the wide receivers. We've talked about that. We've talked about the misuse of Noah Fant. Could the same be true of the offensive linemen? I think that's definitely a fair fair point, Cody. And it's worth the Broncos considering. It's worth George Payton kind of taking a look at at, at things as a whole and yeah. saying, hey, was this you know was this more on the scheme or was this more on the talent of my guys? Because. We did see, you know, George Payton after that 2020 season, they did try Quinn Miners at the center position to maybe push Cushenberry a little bit. They didn't do a whole lot else besides that, which kind of makes me think that they wanted to see some progression. But they did, I mean, they did kind of challenge him a little bit. So I think it's fair to wonder whether or not it was scheme versus talent. And, and man, it, it's tough to say because, like you said, Reisner looked good his rookie season since Pat Shermer came aboard. Hasn't been this, quite the same. So I I don't know. It's tough yeah. to say at this point, but we'll see. <laughs> Broncos country, we're eager for your thoughts on this because obviously I think this is a good deep dive into the offensive line and just all the different intricacies that go into player personnel, football administration, these conversations that Sarah and I like to have here on the podcast. Coming up here in just a moment, we're going to have another conversation. Is uncertainty approaching the Broncos cornerback room after the 2021 season? Something that Sarah and myself, we're going to get into coming up here in just a moment. But real quick, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That is our good friends over there at Bill Parlay's. I mean, you know it as the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the the market today because the bars they are tasty they're covered in 100 chocolate and when you take a bite into them they are soft and they are easy to chew it's something that people really really like they have the regular bar they have the marshmallow puffs which when you bite into it it feels like you're biting into a cloud and they have nine amazing delicious flavors including the occasional limited time flavors that you get every month at built.com so go check out what they have in store for you here in the month of december as we end it and also approaching january they have you covered at built.com but it's also a great protein bar for you we mentioned the health factor of it, but it's great because it gives you a little bit of extra fuel that you need to get through the day. The bars contain 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. That is tremendous value for something that tastes legitimately like a candy bar. So ladies and gentlemen, check it out today at built.com. And when you go to built.com and you find a flavor for you or your family, make sure when you go to checkout, you enter promo code LOCK15, and that's going to get you 15% off your next order at built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off your next order at built.com. .com. All right, Sarah, jumping into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. We had talked about the Broncos' offensive line, the outlook beyond 2021. We talked about how the potential ownership situation approaching this offseason. How might that affect the head coaching search change? Like, if you do make a change, how might that affect that? But now I think there's also some other uncertainties kind of looming around. And we've talked about this a little bit, I think, briefly throughout this season, looking at all the different injuries that have impacted this Broncos football team. But is there uncertainty that's approaching the Broncos cornerback room after 2021? This was one of the questions that was sent into us by a listener of the show for our mailbag here on Lockdown Broncos. And Sarah, I think it's a very valid question because when you look at this roster right now, Ronald Darby was signed to a three-year deal in free agency, one of George Payton's first moves. Patrick Sertan was one of the key draft picks. Those guys are locks. And I think that after 2022, the Broncos do have the opportunity to look at that Ronald Darby contract and maybe have a, a team option or the, an easy way out. I don't see that being the case here because I think Ronald Darby's actually been a pretty good addition for them. He's played really well. You got those two guys there, but we've talked about the long uncertainty of obviously Bryce Callahan, whose contract is expiring. We talked about Kyle Fuller, who was brought in on a one-year deal. Michael Ojabudi is going to be approaching his third year, not really even getting a second year 
He's now recovered from his injury, but we have yet to see him play a down since that injury he sustained in the preseason against the Seattle Seahawks. So you have to wonder, what does that room look like? Because there's no more of saying Bassey. He's gone. You have the other guys like Nate Harrison uh, in that locker room. How might this play out in your opinion going into 2022? And are you a little concerned? I think it's going to be fun to watch. Like you said, you got two guys at the top that I think at the you know beginning of the offseason last year, it was kind of crazy because like the Broncos, we were kind of looking at OJ Mudia and Callahan as the top two guys, right? And so going into the offseason, that's what it was. Now you got Darby and Sertan, which is far and away just a better starting point. So I think that's that's a really, really good starting point. But beyond that, I think George Payton is onto something with kind of doubling up at these positions. Like when he signed Kyle Fuller in free agency and then drafted uh, Patrick Sertan after already having signed Ronald Darby. That, to me, is something that I think he's going to look to again this offseason. I'm not saying he's going to make some like two really huge, substantial moves at the position, but I think maybe investing quite a bit at the position because how valuable has that proven to be over the course of the season? And I feel like you have to go out and you have to get a guy who can be a really good starting nickel for you. And Bryce Callahan, as good as he has been for the Broncos, let's say Vic Fangio does leave the team we know that Bryce Callahan kind of like, you know, he he wanted to follow Vic Fangio to Denver. That was that was why he came to Denver, a large in part. Um, so if Fangio leaves Denver, does that mean Bryce Callahan goes with him? I think maybe. Uh, Kyle Fuller, similar type of deal. He was signed as a scheme fit for Vic Fangio. So I feel like George Payton could go out and depending on who you hire at the head coaching position, if that if they do move on from Fangio, you might bring in another nickel as a free agent or through the draft that really fits with that defensive coach perfectly. And so I think you've got your guys on the outside set. Now we're looking at who's going to be the primary nickel and who's going to be my primary backup, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Who's going to be this year's version of like Kyle Fuller in, in, in a way. So that could end up being a rookie. Um, but I think the nickel has got to be somebody who's you know a proven commodity at the position. I think it'd be interesting as well because I, I'm looking at Nate Harrison. I, I've watched a lot of tape on him, and when he's gotten in, I, there's things about his game that I've loved seeing him grow. He's kind of been this under-the-radar player that's been on the roster dating back to training camp. We talk about joint practices against the Vikings. He had a pick six in practice against Kirk Cousins and company there. But for him, there's things that he just does really well that I think he's learned a lot from not only just Ed Donatale, Christian Parker, but he's learned from guys like Bryce Callahan along the way, some of these veteran guys. And I tell you what, he, he looks so He's got a lot of confidence in there in the nickel. He's been relied on several times this season when there was an injury in the nickel, whether it be Bryce Callahan, whether it be Kyle Fuller, not healthy at that time. We've seen Nate Harrison get thrown into action and actually play really well. Uh, He had a couple of plays. I I think it was just a few weeks ago he had a play where he almost had a pick six. I believe it was against the Chargers. He had a very similar moment uh, in that game. So I like him. You know, like I said, I'm very upset, you know, personally. I know he's a good friend of the show. He's been an avid supporter of myself, so I'm going to support the heck out of him and Michael O'Jim. Moodya. And we haven't seen him this season, obviously due to the injury, but now that he's been activated, he's been inactive on the game day roster. And I hope that that changes. We do have two games left in the season, but I feel like for Michael Ojemudia, the injury has impacted him, but also another player we worry about losing a year of good development and much needed development after playing so much as a rookie. 
that is concerning as well. So, I mean, there's a multitude of things that this Broncos team will do. Uh, I'm excited to see what George Payton does as well. I mean, there's this intrigue, right? And I think when we talk about this looming uncertainty, like it's kind of on the borderline of being scared, like scary and also exciting because we don't know it could go one or two ways. Hopefully it's on the better side of that. But, you know, a lot of that's going to come with these roster moves that we see here this offseason, Sarah. So obviously a lot to a lot to take in here for Broncos country. We know the preparations have begun for the Los Angeles Chargers. Some interesting news. news <laughs> Some interesting news and notes. No Chris Harris Jr. in this upcoming matchup. No Mike Williams as they've tested positive for COVID. No Nasir Adderley at the safety position for them. We're going to talk with the guys from Lockdown Chargers a little bit later on this week. We'll have you covered all week long with whatever Broncos news comes out pertaining to this week's game. And not to mention internally with personnel and a variety of other things if any changes are made. Sarah Bettinger, myself. We have you covered Broncos country every single day, all year long. Lockdown Broncos is the place to be. Thank you so much for making us your first listen today. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast you can watch us on youtube so hit that subscribe button turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action sarah benninger myself you know what broncos country we'll be back and we're gonna see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show